Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. On today's episode, Jim Giammarco, who comes to our church and is a part of Gideon's International, shares a message from God and how we can be involved in the ministry of sharing Bibles around the world. And that's why we're here today. That's why we're all here in church today. That's why we are the church. is so that souls may be won over to Jesus Christ. We who have accepted him, all of us, my church, all of you, me, we're here to love on the Lord Jesus. We celebrate his coming into this world to show us what to do and how to do it. To bring, us, to bring this world back to Father God, to reunite it, to reunite our hearts with his. It's the mission we're on. It's the Great Commission. It's a great commission we have. The thing is that this world just doesn't really quite understand, does it? Um, I pulled a couple of verses out that kind of speak to that in Luke chapter 2, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says that it was announced in verse 11, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born tonight in Bethlehem, the city of David, and this is how you will recognize him. You will find a baby lying in a manger wrapped snugly in strips of cloth. Now, we know that the, the Jews were expecting and wanting, waiting for a Messiah, a king. We know that story. We know what they were expecting, but this is what they got. A baby born in a manger, born where the animals feed, and it just wasn't what we expected. And that's sort of what I think faces all of us uh, day in and day out, is what we don't quite, we would like to think the whole world thinks like we do, but it certainly doesn't. And actually, we didn't either. There was probably a point in our lives where we were just as much a part of that as anyone else. You know, we we sang the the songs this morning. Uh, Kathy and I were, we we ministered to the folks over at Champion Estates. We do a service for them before we come here. And we sang some of the same hymns we just sang this morning. And the songs are about joy. They're about the king in Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6 it talks about Jesus being foretold as the prince of peace we sing about peace during this time of year and I have to say for me personally this season God has brought my heart into the word peace and we're all looking for peace I trust most of us here have have found peace in in Jesus Christ. But I would say that the world really is looking for peace uh, and not finding it, right? They try to fill that void that's in our heart. And to have the joy that God wants us to have, we must have the peace. But to have the peace, I think we need to have, we need to accept his love, right? And I always like to use the analogy that, that we're all given that ticket to get on the bus. And we're at the bus station, right? And here comes the bus of salvation. And we have a choice. Do we get on that bus and give our ticket and say, okay, I'm in, or do we not? It's just a choice. 
And that choice has to be made all the time, every day, in everything we do, right? It has to be, you know, rather than choosing to be angry at somebody that maybe just offended us a little bit or didn't go our way, that we choose to be more like Christ. That's Christmas every day. We need, it's a choice we don't stop making. I think we continue to make it every moment, every time we're confronted like that in this world. The thing is different about us is that we're Christians and we have a Jesus to turn to. We have him to turn to. We, we know that we can turn and we, we have somebody to show us the way. We, have, we, we, we just know this is the right thing to do. We know this pleases Jesus. And the most important thing is we know what's ahead for us. This is all temporary. It doesn't get any worse than this for a Christian. I don't think it's better. For the non-Christian, this may be all there is. Right? In 1 John, it says, In the beginning was the Word. I'm reading on a New Living. It says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. He was with God, and he was God. He was in the beginning with God. He created everything there is. Nothing exists that he didn't make. Life itself was in him, and this life gives light to everyone. The light shines through the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. I don't know if it, 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 it hits your mind like it's hit mine when I read this. Is Jesus, just a little baby, was the creator of all of this. And here we are, we're celebrating him. But who doesn't know about him? That, here, here's the rest of it. John sent John the Baptist to tell everyone about the light so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was only a witness to the light. And the one who was the true light who gives light to everyone was going to come into the world. But although the world was made through him, the world didn't recognize him when he came. Even in his own land and among his own people, he was not accepted. Wow. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn. This is not a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan. This rebirth comes from God. And there it is. And that's why we're here talking about this today. This is about the Great Commission. This is about your mission and mine. We all do it in different ways. Uh, in, in, in the Gideon ministry, you know, we're called, the men that are part of this ministry are called to go out. We're part of the church, part of this church. Our calling is to go out into the highways of life and be witnesses. We, gotta be, we need to be witnesses in the way we live, the way we think and talk, the way we interact with each other. Because we carry with us God's word, and one at a time. We place God's word, just like that video showed, every time your heart beats, two of these are placed by a Gideon in somebody's hand, someplace in the world. It's an amazing thought to think about, but it's, it's, what, it's what we do. We're missionaries. We're, we're the missionaries, local and international, everywhere, mostly local. And we pay our own way, and the church supports the ministry with the money for the Bibles, which 100% of all dollars go to the Bibles. That's kind of how it works. The thing about it is that there, there, we don't know, by looking at somebody, we don't know who, 
who wants to accept Jesus and who doesn't. You know, you can, you can look at somebody in the face, you can see how they're dressed, you can see how they're acting, yet you don't know. I mean, we, we did a distribution. Um, this is one of the larger distributions. We do these one at a time, but we also go to campuses and other places. We were at Youngstown State back in September, and there were about 4,000 students accepted God's word. Now, I want to encourage all of you. you. When you watch the news, you would think this world is really, really going down the drain fast, which it probably is in a, in a sense in God's plan. But I tell you what, I would say over 90% of the students that we offered a scripture to took one. And one young lady turned around and came back and asked the Gideon that gave her this little scripture about Jesus Christ. Tell me more about this Jesus. I want to know. And in the back, there's a plan of salvation. It talks about how much God loved her. It talks about that we're all sinners. Separated from God, but saved by grace. It gives the word of God. He read that to her. He had her read it. And she gave her life to Jesus Christ right there on campus. Isn't it? I mean, that, that is why we're here. That's why we are the church. On that same campus, that same day, to another Gideon, a professor came out and absolutely chastised the Gideon for being there. You had no right. You, you have no right to be here to, to give your garbage to all these kids. The same place, same group of people. How can you tell? We also have professors come up to us and gladly take scriptures. I even had one professor come up and say, can I have three or four more? I want to give some to my students. Really? You know, God says in Isaiah 55, 11, that his word goes out and it serves a purpose for which he intends it and will not return void. I'm paraphrasing, of course. So we go out in faith. Faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. So as Gideons, we go out in faith. We don't know. We, we place the God's word in people's hands. We have no idea just how God's going to use that scripture. So I have another video for you to see right now that will give you an interesting testimony. I think you'll enjoy this. This, this fellow uh, that you're going to hear became a pastor, but he has a, t a wonderful testimony. He's from East Cleveland, from Cleveland, Ohio, uh, and he was speaking to a, a convention of Gideons uh, when he gave this, t this testimony. So uh, enjoy this. Let's try that again. Good evening. That's better. We're serving the king. You hear about the thousands, the millions of Bibles that are distributed, the remarkable union of pastors and Gideon businessmen and women that are committed to distributing Bibles, but it all comes down to someone like me. I was raised on the west side of Cleveland, Ohio, 117th Street, my father went to work before the sun came up, and he came home after the sun went down seven days a week. A union card-carrying liberal Democrat, he was an atheist. He never set, set foot in a church, not for a funeral or for a wedding my entire life. 
When I was at 11 years of age, my mother found herself in the arms of another man and left with my sister and my two brothers, and my father found himself in the arms of a bottle. That same year, I joined a gang. I was arrested for sealing firearms in the fifth grade, stole my first car before I started the sixth grade, and became a ward of the state. At the age of 14, having stabbed a young man, I ended up in Elmira State Reform School and spent my entire high school behind bars. I won't waste your time with it. It's a nightmare no one should live through. I ended up going in the Marine Corps to avoid further time in prison. By the time I was 18, I was in the jungles of Vietnam as a young Marine. And like reform school, it's a waste of time to talk about. It was another hideous experience that left me violent and unhappy and addicted to drugs and alcohol and pornography, violence and anger. I came back to be spit upon and mistreated by a country that was now in revolt against the war that I had just come back from, and I joined the Weathermen and the Black Panthers and the Underground and went to universities like Kent State and others in the anti-war aggravator. I couldn't understand how people like you could sit by with your suits and go to your churches and not know what was going on in the underbelly of society because I had never worked a day in my life. My food was provided by the state and then by the federal government, and I was a habitual welfare case. I stole some credit cards from a doctor and went cross-country, got arrested at Lake Tahoe, checked into a club. I wasn't even 20 years old, couldn't grow a beard, but I had already been through med school and they figured it out and I had to do four months in El Dorado County Jail. Pretty sharp of them. I turned 21 in that jail and I remember my mother saying when I was 14 that I would be in jail or I'd be dead by the time I was 21. I fulfilled her expectations. I was in California, the land of fruits and nuts, so immediately I got out and I began to look for answers. I went to Stevens Monday night class, I tried Scientology. If there was a cult, I tried it. One of the things I tried, you fast 24 hours and then drink a gallon of grape juice. Now that'll move you. <laughs> I tried everything but the Bible or church because of the way I was raised. I left that place and was hitchhiking cross-country, talked to a young girl into dropping out of college and heading with me. We were going to go to the Middle East. We were on our way to Miami to catch a freighter because we knew maybe someplace that had existed for thousands of years instead of America, which was only a couple hundred years old, might have some answers. And we knew there had to be an absolute truth. We couldn't live in a world full of relativism, but crossing out of Alabama into Florida was arrested once again for trespassing. I don't know if it was my shoulder-length hair, the hippie garb, but we found ourselves in one of the nastiest jails I'd ever been in. It was segregated. They separated us Yankees from the Southerners. Well, not wanting to borrow cigarettes off anybody, I would take the butts off the floor at nighttime and roll the tobacco out and make a pile. I would tear pages out of books and roll cigarettes, but Louis L'Amour and Mickey Spillane, their coarse books and smoke rough. Some of you have done it, huh? I found a book with thin pages. So I was smoking Leviticus. And I started reading the Gospel of John. It's hard to stand amongst pastors and Christians and say, I lived in America and I was 21 and it was the first time I held a Bible. As I read the Gospel of John, I put my father's face and his fists on the face of God, and I had a hard time believing that God could love me. I did not have a problem with sin. 
I got the sin part. And December 18th at 7 o'clock at night, I bent my head and, and with no understanding of theology, only that I was a sinner and I needed God, I cried out and I said, God, please forgive me for my sins. Help me. The shackles of sin and shame and guilt dropped away, and I wrote a letter to the sheriff that arrested me. Turned out he was a deacon in a church. He came. They dismissed the charges, and I was released. And on the way back to where we had been arrested, where we had threw our backpacks full of drugs into the woods running from the police, I told the young girl that I had gotten arrested that we don't need to go to Egypt. I found there's an absolute truth. There's a God, and he had a son. And she began to weep. She said, I wasn't sure how to tell you. There was a Bible in my jail cell and I gave my life to Christ and I wasn't sure what I was gonna tell you when we saw each other in court. <laughs> what could I do? I married her. Deborah, would you stand up? <laughs> Pastors, Someone in a church like yours who probably never ever introduced anybody to Jesus paid for a Bible that spent seven years in a hotel before it found its way to that jail cell. And when I gave my life to Christ, he got me. My five children have been raised Christians and all serve God. My nine children will do the same. My brother I led to Christ and he's a children's pastor. I led my sister to Christ and I'm working through it. My sister-in-law just came to crisis. 38 years we're praying for him. She just gave her life to Christ recently. I want you to know something. When I get to heaven, I'm gonna find the person that paid for that Bible and I'm gonna introduce him to all of the people I've led to Christ. I'm an outreach pastor. I don't spend my time picking fleas off of sheep in the congregation. I'm talking to lost people all the time. My wife wanted me to be a Gideon, Gideons, but I backslid and became a pastor. <laughs> and Gideon's, it may be a thankless experience at times when you're out there sharing and delivering Bibles and moving around, but I'm going to get to heaven and I'm going to find that Gideon who's long dead, I'm sure. He's sitting up there with Lazarus and Abraham and when I find him, I'm going to kiss his feet and tell him my family never knew what I knew because Gideon's cared enough to put a Bible in a place where I would run into it in the highways and the byways of America. And it grabbed my soul and hasn't let go. And now I long for an opportunity to stand before Gideons and say, what you do makes a difference. It isn't millions of Bibles, it's millions of people that meet the Savior. We're transformed and we're all the time finding new ways to say, pastors, this isn't a small ministry, it's life changing. And Gideons, what you do makes a difference. So me and my children and my grandchildren, we salute you. Thank you for serving God in such a meaningful ministry. Amen to that, huh? You know, he said a lot of different things in there, and uh, you may have picked up on some of them, but, you know, we're, we're all called to different roles in our church, but we all tend to be reluctant warriors, aren't we? I mean, it, it's one of the harder things to do to actually engage somebody that maybe you don't know for sure and it's even harder with somebody you do know I remember when we were brand new Christians Kathy and I that our pastor said you need to pray with your wife that was even hard so I'm a reluctant warrior all right I'm in the uncomfort zone 
but what I've learned is that miracles don't happen in the comfort zone that we find ourselves in, that we want to be in. God's miracles happen when we're in his zone. It's not so comfortable sometimes. But we rely on faith, we rely on him and not ourselves, and, and things just seem to happen in ways that we just can't explain. You know, in this county, I did a little research just about a month ago. Anybody could do it. There's about 200,000 people in our county. It's probably decreasing now. Hopefully it'll increase someday. But about 200,000 people at the last uh, census. And, you know, we, there's 164 evangelical Christian churches in our county. Bet you didn't know that. There's eight Catholic churches in our county. All right. I don't know why I brought that up. But anyway, there's 164 evangelical churches. We get around to a lot of churches. Now I'd have to say the, the size of the congregations is about like this. And you get somewhere around 75 to 100 people on Sunday morning, say 100 people. Well, you can do the math. It come, turns out that, if, that there's about maybe 8 to 10% of the population is in church on Sunday. Now, if you discount it for the children, okay, you might say it's 15% or 18 or something like that. Wow. Isn't God's word true? I mean, the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. And last year, we placed about 16,000 scriptures in this county that we get in. That means we witnessed about 16,000 people that year. And we're on track this year for the same thing. Still, it's not enough, right? But yet we're reluctant warriors. We, we go out there, we don't want to do it. Let me tell you that. We want to in our hearts, but our, you know, our, our pride says don't do it. I was at Burnett Pools in the summertime. Had my shorts and a t-shirt on and I, I needed some chemicals. I go in there in the middle of the day. I was in my truck. I always carry these with me. When I have a bathing suit on, it's usually in the compartment in the truck. I get out, of, I get, get ready to go out of the truck. I see the scripture there and I, nah, just leave it. So I go in and there's nobody in the store except two young ladies. And then one was behind the counter in the back. If you've ever gone in there, you know, that's where they do the pool stuff. So I go in the back and uh, I told her what I needed and uh, got it, it came out. I get in the truck, and I'm trying to leave, and it was like, like God, the, the Spirit wouldn't let me go. <laughs> said, you have to go back in there and give her that scripture. No, I don't. Yeah, you do. You've got to go in, and, and you've got to give her that scripture. I don't want to go in. It's embarrassing. I was just in there. I should have brought it the first time. All those things were going through my head. I was arguing with God. He said, go in there. I'm going to go in. I'm going in by faith. <laughs> okay. I went in. I grabbed it. I walked in. I go, but she thought something was wrong. What, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, look, I don't know why, but God says you might need this today. Can I give you a copy of God's word? You should have seen her light up. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I mean, oh, really? I really need that. And I, so I... I I said, well, maybe, you know, there's, there's, there's lots of help here in the front. It just shows you where to go for anxiety and things. Oh, anxiety. Uh, believe me, I have a lot of that. 
I could not tell by looking at this young lady. She looked like this, a happy gal working in Burnett Pools. But yet, she was so happy to get God's word. I mean, how do I know? I was a reluctant warrior. If I had listened to myself, it wouldn't have happened. And that's kind of how it is for all of us. Don't feel guilty about it. Just know it's there. Recognize it for what it is. And ask the Spirit. And actually go out in faith. All of us need to do that in some way or another. All right. You know, we're, we're going to, uh, in, a, in a few minutes, Kathy's going to come up. And, you know, we have things called Gideon cards. And it's a way that uh, you can place a scripture. Anybody can. Okay, there's no restriction that a Gideon has to place a scripture, right? It's, it's us. What is seen to the world around us? Let's fill up the pews. There's plenty of people out there. <laughs> it should be in here. You know, it should be in here. And uh, uh, the only way it's going to happen is if, if, if we go out there and we, we get outside our comfort zones and we do it. And I have, I, believe me, it's, you know it. It's hard. It's hard with family. We all have family. I have family, too, that, that I prayed for, I've tried to witness to. It just doesn't work sometimes. It's very difficult, but we don't give up. All these spiritual markers God puts in our lives. You know, the Gideons um, can always use more people. You know, there's about 45 of us in this uh, Trumbull County group. Um, if any of the men in the church are interested, you know, it's, it's a group of uh, Christian businessmen or professionals that uh, gather for service. We have to be born again. We have to be active members in our church and approved by our pastor. I mean, it's a serious ministry. It's, all, it's a calling is what it is. It's a calling. Just like a pastor's a calling, being a Gideon's a calling. It's, it's what God puts on your heart because, like I said, you, you go out into the world and you witness to that world. You apply the skills that you have to the to the mission, your missionaries, and that's what it is. Um, this whole thing started in 1898 when two men in Wisconsin ended up staying in the same room in a hotel. Back in those days, if the hotel was full and somebody else came in, they would room you with another person. I could not imagine that. I, I know, you're all thinking, oh, well, so am I. I traveled a lot in my career, and it, really, no way. But that's what happened, and this was back in 1898 in Janesville, Wisconsin. And, and these two men were both Christians, and they pulled out their Bibles to do their evening devotions. Well, they ended up, obviously, doing that devotion together and ended up talking and feeling the Spirit leading them. Uh, a year later, they, they, they kept in touch, and they got together with another guy. The three of them decided, let's, let's gather other men. We're on the road all the time. We're, we're, we're selling. We're, we're talking to business people. And let's get out there and let's spread God's word when we're out. And let's keep ourselves accountable as men because we're on the road. We're not home. You know what I mean, man? All right. Temptations all over the place. Let's keep ourselves accountable to one another. That started in 1899. By 1906, there were over 600 of these guys doing this. 600. It grew. There was a council of churches that got together in their area, in their state, and the pastors obviously knew this was going on, and they invited a couple of the Gideons to come and speak to them and tell them what they were doing. 
and their vision for, get, for witnessing to, to more and more people. And that council of churches voted to support these guys with Bibles. They said, let's give these men, let's, let's get Bibles printed up and give it to them and let them take them with them wherever they go and get them placed everywhere they go. Of course, it was hotels, a lot of hotels. But only 7% of our Bibles end up in hotels. All right. And each one of those reaches about 2,300 people, we estimate, over a seven-year lifespan. So that's a lot, okay? But that's how it all got started back in 1908. And ever since then, the church has been supporting the Gideons in the same exact way. By doing what I'm doing this morning, by sharing the testimony of what God's word is doing out there, and how each dollar ends up as a scripture, ends up in somebody's hand. These cost a dollar and a quarter for us to print. Hotel Bibles are five bucks. And, and that's what it costs us to do and get it into somebody's hands. We don't pay, we don't get paid for that. Uh, Gideons pay their own way. The staff that's on, there is some staff, of course, to, to manage the organization. We pay dues to support that, and that's how that works. I wanted you to know that because there's so many charities and all these other things out there where people want you to give money and this and that, and what, 40, 50, 60% or more goes off to fattening people's wallets. And it's not happening here. This is the only one I know of. There's probably maybe others, but this is certainly one where every dollar that a church gives goes to these so that we have them to give out to lost souls around this world. So with that, uh, I want to ask Kathy to come up, and uh, she's going to talk about the Gideon card side of this, which is something we as a church can do anytime uh, to, with anybody. So Kathy, if you want to come up and you want to go ahead and play the video. An ordinary greeting card says, Happy Birthday. Thank you, get well soon, congratulations, happy anniversary. But a Gideon card says so much more. In addition to creating a meaningful moment, you make it possible for lives to be changed forever through the sharing of God's word. Choose a card, personalize and send it. Then donate Bibles. You can also quickly complete the process online at gideons.org slash send the word. I don't know where all the millions of scripture has gone, but I know where one scripture has gone. And it landed in my hands. And it was that scripture that began the journey for me toward a life of obedience to Christ. Send the word and change a life. good way to support our ministry and your ministry as well all year long and we have a lot of different cards now and Pastor Matt has graciously given us a, a rack to put in the church so at any time in the all year anytime you want a card pick out a card and I'm going to show you how to use it and you can support this ministry as Gideons and Auxiliary we use these all the time. Uh, we met the memory cards are the most popular, obviously. You know, when you someone passes, you want to give a Bible in their name. This is a great way to do it, and I've always gotten great, great responses um, when I've done this. We have thinking of you cards. If you just 
you're thinking of somebody, you can place a Bible in their name. Uh, praying for you cards. This is a good one if you really need to pray for somebody. And you can write a note, obviously, in here. And recognition. I've used the recognition cards for a lot of different reasons, birthdays, anniversaries, and especially in the spring when graduate, uh, kids graduate from college and uh, high school. And they Christians really, really appreciate that. So I just want to show you what the card has. There's a little donation envelope inside. So you would fill this out, and then you, it's addressed. Just put a stamp on it, and it goes to our P.O. box, and then we, def, we send it on to Nashville. And 100, like Jim said, 100% of these, the dollars that you give goes into Bibles. And then you would just fill out the card and then send it to or give it to whoever you want. So that is uh, the way that, like I said, you can give all year long. And we appreciate anything that you give us today. We will just definitely send that on to Nashville to, for, the, um, for the cards. And this you can give all year long. And it, $5, whatever you want to give. Um, goes into Bibles. So there's no set amount, and uh, it will be greatly appreciated. Oh. Also, <laughs> I will be in the back if you want cards today, and if you have any questions, I'll be able to answer how to use the cards, because sometimes it is a little confusing. Okay, thank you, dear. Yeah, the, the cards are free. They're, you don't buy the cards. We, we buy them as Gideons. We, we purchase the cards, and, um, and they're always free to you. And um, there are many lives that are touched because of the scriptures that are placed from the donation that you give for, for us to make another Bible. The other part of it is that, you know, we're not always comfortable, like I said earlier, about witnessing to people, you know, but this is kind of a more subtle way to witness to somebody that maybe has been God's placed on your heart, you know, whether, whoever it is, you know, just a way of doing it. I, I, I send these to my kids. Uh, I send it to family, friends. I mean, there's all reasons to send them. Uh, and it, it, it says something. It, it just says, you know, that you believe in someone who will actually fill that void in our heart of peace that we talked about when we started out. Joy to the world. It only comes from peace, and peace can only come from the saving grace of Jesus Christ. And this is a way of saying that all year long. So uh, in, in, in closing, I just want you to know that today, you've, I know you've probably seen this already, there, there's... Uh, a flyer in your handout. There's there's a donation card here. Uh, if you would like to give something today, I'll be at the back of the church. If you want to give something some other time, anytime, you can just fill it in and, and send it. You can use credit card, whatever. If you want to give and place Bibles to uh, to reach souls. So from wherever you are, you can reach souls. We'll go out and do the legwork. Okay, I'm your missionary. 
There's others in this, around here and elsewhere in the world that are you missionaries. There's about 200,000 Gideons worldwide. I didn't mention that. We're in 200 countries uh, around the world. And I should say this, too, that the, the Gideons around the world, this happens from, from the indigenous people in those countries. I meant to mention this. For example, in uh, countries like Jordan, there's over 68,000 copies of God's word placed by Gideons in that country. In Kuwait, more than that. Okay, uh, Nepal, millions, about 3.6 million scriptures have been placed by Gideons in that country. So it, it's the local people. The only thing is that those people don't always have the money to print Bibles. That's the problem. Uh, we're pretty fortunate in this country, but in other countries, not so. So we, uh, we as Gideons, we give to what we call a faith fund to have scriptures Place, but also the money that, that's given by the churches. Some of that money is used to print scriptures that end up in, in people all over the world, not just here in Trumbull County, but all over the world. So I just want you to know that. Okay, well, thank you so much. Uh, God bless you all. Thank you for having us today. And uh, Dave's coming up to uh, close us out. Okay. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We would love for you to join us on a Sunday morning for our service, which begins at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street, Northwest, in Warren, Ohio. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, please visit us at championnaz.org.